Tonight's eco tip from the Eco Hero Handbook by Tessa Wardley is how can I grow my own without a garden? You don't need a garden to grow your own food. You'd be amazed at what you can grow on a windowsill, balcony, or roof space. All you need are a few pots. Ideally, reuse plastic food pots and tins before recycling or use terracotta or biodegradable containers. You can use a planter box, a trowel and fork, some peat-free compost, and some seeds. Anybody can grow something, whether you have a 500-square-foot apartment or a 5,000-square-foot house with a massive yard. Plant some herbs. Plant some tomatoes. Plant something. Everything you plant helps put oxygen back out into our environment. And we're going to jump right in. Tell me about wake up. So tell me how that all started. Well, it's not the first time that I've uh, been involved in trying to get awareness on Mm -hmm. things. I sort of dabbled a little bit in uh, 2015 and 16, uh, an animated video um, called Rise Up. And that was just more about trying to bring some, um, I don't know, community uh, feeling, uh, bringing people together. It was more targeted at, uh, well, the animation, uh, you can understand it, mm-hmm. at young people. Wake Up was the first song I did for awareness of, of adults in, uh, in the community. And the inspiration really was the summer where a lot of uh, police violence mm-hmm. and community uh, group on group attacks shortly after Charlottesville, mm-hmm. you know, and... But I mean, the overall message was we can do better, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you, you're trying to start from a place of negative. You think that we couldn't do better. You're wrong. We can do better. So then came the song Wake Up. We were very lucky. Ladysmith Black Mombazo sort of personified the harmony that we heard in our head. And then um, Carlos Santana happened to be in the studio one day hey. and uh, Narda played it played it for him. He liked it so much. He said, he offered, he said, would you like me to do something on it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. Mm, you're not going to say no to <laughs> Carlos Santana. No. What I mean, so he's a, he's a very switched on and um, kind and involved person. Everybody says, right. So he's been involved in a lot of awareness issues over the, the, the years. So that was good. Um, and we did other things, political things, but um so Earth Day came around and, and uh, the Jensen uh, communications people were talking about uh, putting something together for Earth Day because actually I'm involved in a business in the Middle East, which mm-hmm. is about connecting farms with restaurants and homes to bring okay. fresh food to the table daily. So what what we provide is a platform, a logistics platform, where the people buying the good restaurants and, and people like us at home can directly through the platform find what they're looking for. Many farms uh, sign onto our platform. And uh, if you if you put in the order today, so restaurants kind of do it at night, for instance, the next morning, things are freshly cut, delivered to the restaurant. So we're, we're speaking about truly fresh. So we kind of put that catalyzed a little bit of what we were we were thinking. And it's just one aspect of Earth Day. Let's get rid of those air miles. Let's put fresh food on the table instead of insecticides and whatever else process. they have to do to process and put it in a warehouse for six months or a year before the supermarket ever sees it. Because where we are uh, in Dubai, in the Emirate, they sometimes are selling in the supermarkets six month or one year old apples, bananas, other vegetable. It is, I mean, I think it's going on in many places in the world. There's two problems with it because I don't believe that apples and bananas are supposed to last that long. So it makes you wonder, right? what did you do to it? 
And also, like, why I, just being stored away? There's so many hungry people. And what you were talking about with working with the farms and the restaurants, it's such a healthy relationship in, in so many aspects, yeah. isn't it? It's healthier for the consumer that's eating it. It's mm-hmm. healthy um, business practice for, or you know, financially for the farmers. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What a wonderful relationship that is. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it, we can do this everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. many people are trying to do versions of this, and it doesn't have to be one way. It should be wherever the geography is. There should right. be a way to eliminate all of that. I call it phony food, mm-hmm. and give people real food, and not have to dump hundreds of thousands or millions of gallons of milk mm-hmm. because it cannot be delivered. Right? It's uh, those things are to me. That's just insane to to be doing right. that. Well, I think um, I think part of the issue is that lack of a better word, like farm to fork, it needs to not be like something trendy. It's not the cool thing to do. It needs to be like that's the way it should be. That's that should be the normal. That should be how everybody gets their food. I think it's more of like a cool or hipster or, you know, just like make it mainstream, make it make it normal. Don't make it be like some niche thing that um, only exactly. certain people do. Exactly. That's exactly I would right. love to have fresh veg. I would yeah. love to have fresh fruits. So how do we how do we get I mean, we're still going to have some have to have some sort of transportation. Unfortunately, yes. we're still going to have that with the CO2 emissions from the vehicles. However, with a platform like yours doing the logistics and saying, okay, this city. So with your logistics, you are saying, um, hopefully, cutting down on transportation and, and those hazards to the environment just due to the, the exhaust and the emissions and whatnot. You and were saying. Preserve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think, for instance, if we were talking about the U.S., mm-hmm. my understanding, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not the expert on this. My understanding is that, that there are definitions of local food. So mm-hmm. for for where we are, where we've we've set up the business originally, we are within you know 50 miles, 100 miles. So with big highways that connect. And right now we're only doing you know within a 50 mile radius, and it's very easy. So we can do fresh fish, all any and, and all vegetables and fruit. In California, for example, um, they've defined it one of two ways, either within 400 miles or as elsewhere in the United States, in state. So it's a little little different definition of local, but still shouldn't need airplanes. Trains were the original transport, trucks now, which doesn't cut down on all the transportation, but it can cut down on the airline, you know, the ozone layer that way. Mm -hmm. But maybe as people try, they can do it closer and closer or set up smaller and smaller geographies, right? I I know people are putting farms in old um, containers, you know, shipping containers or abandoned buildings. They can do hydroponics or all of this is to be developed. Definitely. And it should be developed. We had a conversation the other day about um, here in Florida, we are lousy with abandoned strip malls and you see brand new ones being constructed all the time. Do something with those, please, yeah. <laughs> you know, or See, knock them know. down, plant stuff. It's, yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. yeah. I know. Earth month, earth year, earth you month. know, yeah. <laughs> every mm. day is earth day. Yeah. Wake up <laughs> <laughs> to say local would be in state. Well, California is a huge state. Florida is a huge state. I'm not great with geography either. So if you're going to bring me fish from the Gulf to my restaurant, when maybe we should be a little more defined with our, our locale and say, no, okay, you guys are over here. You're within X amount of miles from the East Coast and the Atlantic. And you guys on the West Coast are 
X amount from the Gulf. And that's what you get. And this is what you get. And we're not driving 400 you know, miles to bring you this. So it, it seems like maybe a case by case, state by state basis, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And then, then you have the landlocked states that don't have any of that. So yeah, maybe there has to be a different kind of logic mm-hmm. for bringing fresh seafood or fish to the landlocked states. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, all of that can be figured out, I think, if everybody just decides that they're in it together. And we're going to fix this logic of transportation of fruits and vegetables, anything fresh, and that we're going to store it because it may make good sense for profit, but it doesn't make good sense for health. You just hit the nail on the head right there. Profit versus health. And it, it makes no sense to me. Again, I'm in Florida. It makes no sense to me to go to my grocery store and see California oranges. Don't get me wrong. I love California. I absolutely <laughs> adore California. But why? We have our own orange groves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I understand if Missouri, if Missouri needs some California oranges or yeah. or even yeah. from out of country, if there's a demand for specific types of fruits and veg, grow it here. Can we grow it here? You know, you're right. A lot of thought has to be put into it. And the first thought has to be we're in it together, like you said, literally. Yeah. And when we are, I think there's also a sort of a, a distorted expectation that has been enabled by large supermarkets and large food business to make us expect that we can have a veg or a fruit that's out of season. We'll just bring it into the store because it's sitting in the warehouse for the last six months. And now, oh, you know, you bananas can you can have bananas in February. I but, don't want a six month old banana. <laughs> I really don't. And the and truth in advertising apparently does not extend to supermarket sales of fresh fruits, right? Um, the, the FDA requires exp- expiry dates and ingredients, but nowhere in the supermarket does it say, have these one-year-old apples picked one year ago. Right. It doesn't say that. Nobody knows that's what they're eating. And they're, that, to me, that's that there's something wrong with that. Okay. That's crazy because if you buy a can of tuna fish or a bottle of Tylenol, there's an expiration date on it when you're supposed to eat it by or take it by. And we all know expiration dates can, mm, the efficacy maybe might uh, be affected, but honestly, you probably won't die. Maybe the tuna fish if you ate it too bad. But yeah, but to pick up a banana, you, it doesn't say you better eat this in three days. The vegetarians are going to, they're going to riot. <laughs> they're going to, oh my gosh. No, meat has an expiration date. And I would assume that fish does as well. Yes. But then again, well, that yeah. could have been frozen for who knows how long. So, I, you know, I live in, I live in Hong Kong most of the time when there's no pandemic, pandemic, because I'm stuck here with no flights mm-hmm. to go back. But Hong Kong is another place that they, um, they import the majority of their food. Some, sometimes North America, sometimes Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe. Even now, we're, we're, we have um, okra from Israel and we have limes from Peru. And we, we actually are told when we have to eat something by. In Western Europe, they require, and in places like India, what they will do is they will put a manufacturing date on something. And then the rule is, if there is no expiry, you must consume it within two years. So every country seems to have their their thing. Um, but Hong Kong, we are in that situation. We import almost everything. So fish, this was my train of thought. Fish is brought in, phone in fresh locally. The price is like triple what you might want think you want to pay. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't sell within a few days, they freeze it. Frozen fish is brought in, but it has to say previously frozen in the labeling. Yeah. So they, they've come a bit farther, I think, than, than some countries in giving you more information. But still, we are all stuck. We know that we have to import the food. 
if we want to eat that particular thing. I'm not a, I'm not a fish person, but the idea of, I mean, is that healthy to have had it fresh and then freeze it? I guess within a certain time period, maybe? It depends on what we're talking about. I think fish has a shorter life cycle, two, three months frozen. Mm-hmm. Chicken might have up to six months meat, you know, they all have something, but yeah, there is a maximum freezing uh, freezing time. You either have to consume it or you must throw it. So- well, see, I was like, well, this makes me want to be a vegetarian, but then we got those six-month-old bananas, <laughs> so now I don't know what to do. I'm just going to eat chocolate bars, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's such a, a waste problem with food in regards to, I'm going to say a burger chain. I won't say a name. If a burger chain closes up for the night and they still have burgers and were someone hungry to come in and ask, were there any that they didn't sell because they're about to close, they would tell them no, but we're going to throw them in the dumpster and you can go get them from there. That bothers me first. So there is that there, but to know that we have, we as a world have these warehouses that are burning energy by operating and they're storing foods for six months to a year. It makes no sense. Why? For profit, for the supermarkets. Because they, what supermarkets do also, you know, they don't buy the things in. It's um, shelf space. They rent shelf space. That's the supermarket model. So mm-hmm. it's the middle, the middle people, the middle, you middle men, you say, or women um, that are, it's a bar, it, it's a distribution business. So mm-hmm. big farms might have their own food and then they might also buy from little farms and then they ship to distribu- distributors. And distributors might be their own co- distributors or they might be third party. And then those people on sell. Somewhere in, in that whole formula, people are storing. Supermarkets are not the ones actually storing. The people who are holding the foods to deliver. And supermarket model also is if we don't sell it, you have to take mm-hmm. it back. So, you know, there's a whole nexus here of trying to make up costs and maximize profit margins. It's a very complicated formula. But to your point, waste management is also an issue, right? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, where do they send it back to? They dump it. So this is another problem that we're trying to solve. And again, a much smaller geography. We are talking uh, with coffee companies to collect their grinds. And then on sell it to farms because coffee grinds apparently make very good fertilizer. Yes. And, you know, further steps in this waste management would be to collect the waste from the restaurants. I think it's, it's a much further down the road to collect it from homes. So let's, we can do larger entities. So hotels and restaurants, we can take that food waste and there has to be somebody else involved because not everybody can do everything. So mm-hmm. we are a logistics platform, but we can we can enable the chain of collection mm-hmm. and then on passing on to somebody who can actually use it and really bring the the silly waste down. It, these are things that you know developing countries in their own farms they know this, so they take their own waste and they plow it back into their own fields. Well, why can't we do that for everybody? So I'm I'm like the planet warrior for you know, natural, natural food and uh, waste management. Just on a, on a, a local scale, you, a general, you goes to restaurants, gets their food waste, just mm-hmm. food waste, scraps, um, burgers that didn't get sold. Right. They get turned into compost for the farms, turn, you know, helps raise crops and goes right mm-hmm. back to the restaurants. Also biofuel, you get someone that goes around and collects all that 
that used grease, that used oil. And there's so many options. There should be some kind of a barter that says that for X number of pounds of waste, you know, compost, Mm -hmm. there might be like a a slight discount on the on the next delivery of foods or there has to be some kind of, you know, how they have uh, mileage credits and air mile credits for there's got to be some formula somebody can come up with to make this advantageous. Humanity, I tell you what, but I don't feel like a lot of times we're willing to do something without incentive, the whole what's in it for me attitude. So an incentive may be to the local restaurants, perhaps some sort of discount on the the food that comes in by donating or donating, giving, getting rid of their food waste to support that specific farm or these specific farms. Aren't we crazy as humans because we won't do anything that's right without really being rewarded for it? We, We shouldn't have to be rewarded. The reward is that the benefit to our health, the benefit to our planet, but what is the word? Incentivize the supermarkets to do right, but we'll take them on later. This is your world. This is your earth. So now work with me, work with us and see how we can, you know, make changes. And I think a lot of the young today actually are concerned. I think their perspective might be different than ours, but I think they have the same concern, but I think their disillusionment has as much to do with seeing older people, older than you and me, Mm-hmm. in positions of policy and legislation, pretending like this isn't the problem. This, I think, switches young people off because mm-hmm. they can see. You know, we keep, keep thinking we can reason with them, whereas the younger people are saying, I don't think there's any way to reason with people who refuse to, right. a, to acknowledge. Right? Right. So I don't know, that, whatever that we can is, do, we yeah. can, you know, is, is make them accountable. Make the people in positions of policy power and legislative power. We have to make them accountable. And honestly, we need some, we need fresh blood. We need younger people. We need people that believe in science. They believe that they're actually, you know, climate change is real. And you're right. Again, it comes down to us and it comes down to the younger people because we're the ones that are going to the polls. So it really is. They can change the policies, but who is going to make them do it? Right. I think it's awareness. So when the more people who are aware and feel the pending doom have yeah. to spe- have to all speak up. Everybody has to do their part. So we're talking about food and waste today, but you know there is the petroleum industry, there is you know this deforestation, there's mm-hmm. all those things, and every single issue has to have its champion in one area. So right. I mean, I applaud you for spending your time and energy for an entire month to try to bring it's- the word and. I've learned so much. I've learned so much this month and I've been terrified a couple times this month, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, leadership policy people, they are changing policy, but it's up to us to change the policymakers and don't let them divert your attention from what's actually Hold their important. Feet. Mm-hmm. Hold their feet to the fire. Really. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a big issue. <laughs> it is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. So I've learned so much and I'm so glad that I did it. So the song, Wake Up, Every Day is Earth Day. Well, the promotion is Every Day is Earth Day. Okay. But the song was is called Wake Up. Yeah. And that was with the... Yeah, it's the uh, South African group, the Ladysmith Black Mombazo. They did a lot of work in the 70s or 80s, maybe with uh, Paul Simon, the... Okay. the um, <gasps> yeah, Were they rhythm on of the that saints in Brazil. Yeah, uh, you can call me. You can call me Joe yes. or um, Al. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we call them Al. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's them, the Lady Smith Black Mombazo. Group. Wow. Yeah. And then Carlos Santana <laughs> just being like, "Hey, you want me to put something yeah, on here? He, cool." He added the, added the riff. Yeah, you can't imagine how many people when they heard the song said, 
within four measures. Is that Carlos Santana? Because he has a following that everybody mm. knows exactly his style. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, he's, it, he's definitely distinct, and yeah. that's that's a true sign of a legend. Is when with yeah. like you said, within a couple measures, you like, don't confuse mm-hmm. him with anybody. Yeah, no, yeah. he seems like a really cool dude. He does. I think he's much loved for all of his uh, for his community effort, his support mm-hmm. of groups like this, and his own individual. I know he has his own charities. I believe <laughs> I'm still I'm still stuck on the six month old bananas because it's really bothering me. <laughs> I want to go to my grocery store and demand justice right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't so, want to. I don't want to raid on your parade, but sometimes it's a year. No, <laughs> you know, and supermarkets explained this to us when we were trying to, you know, do our market research about even getting supermarkets to participate, and they were like, "We don't need you. You know, we've got our own deal going here. We, you know, apples right. last a year." And I was like, "Oh and my it's, god, it's money. It boils down to money. Oh yeah, god, it's yeah, so frustrating." Yeah. Obviously, exactly. they've been doctored. Exactly. Like, I love That's science. A- I don't like that kind of yeah. science. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call the taste test. Yeah. But pick one off a tree and buy one in the supermarket and see, you know, anyway. Well, yeah. I can tell you straight up the difference between a, a real fresh, organic, or not doctored tomato and that pale, disgusting thing that you get at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. With the, what is it, genetically modified and, and the insecticides and the hormones. Yeah. yeah. God. I mean, you know, those chickens didn't get that plump naturally. Okay. They've had enhancement, but then it contributes to um, things like autism, things like um, mental delays, uh, things like precocious uh, puberty because of the hormones and whatnot. I don't know that we are blind to it, but we're really not paying attention because I think we don't, we're not informed. I think mm -hmm. people are not informed. Depends on where you live. So just a bit, a bit of trivia, trivia, France does not allow anything they call GMO, genetically modified, none. So if you want to have real food, live in France. Mm -hmm. They don't allow it. And yet one of the biggest producers of GMO food is the next door neighbor, Italy, Monsanto. Mm -hmm. So we all have to educate ourselves on where we want to eat, right? where we want to live. I think the U.S. has not been, uh, nor not, nor has Canada, been that effective in managing this GMO issue. I don't think anybody is aware of whether they're eating GMO food or not. Again, money. I think also, I mean, for the as a consumer or as a as a, a grocery shopper, you go in and you see this chicken, and then you see this chicken, and this one's no hormones, no antibiotics, blah 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 blah. It's a good chicken. It's so much more expensive. You are on a budget. You're going to go. I need the dollar ninety nine thighs. How yeah. are we going to fix this? Yeah. We need to make yeah. good food affordable. And I think, as you were saying, by pun intended, farming it out, <laughs> getting the food from local. You know, yeah. why can't? It can be done. Yeah. yeah. Why can't I was gonna say, why can't it be done? And yeah, it, it, again, healthy relationship, financial health for the farmer, probably a little mental health, because they have the security of knowing that this store or this restaurant has a contract with them to purchase fruits or veg or beef or whatever it is that they produce every month or every week. And that brings them a, a sense of comfort or a sense of um, security. And then the restaurant has the same sense of security, knowing that they're going to get good food and in turn, turn that good food into good lunches, good dinners, good breakfast, and get lots of customers. The basis of the meals, the fruits and veg and meat and fish and cream is good 
Yeah. It just benefits everything. And exactly. then whatever you don't sell before closing time, give to the homeless. Yeah, it just wraps right. out to be picked up. And yeah. There is a business in Hong Kong that does that. It's called Pret-à-Manger. It's, uh, I'm not, not sure if it's come to North America. I think I've seen it in Canada. And they're in, um, they're in Europe. Um, so it's Pret and then A. So it means ready to eat. Like ready yeah. to wear, but ready to eat. Mm-hmm. And they make sandwiches every day. They make their own bread throughout the day. And then they do the sandwiches and whatever. And at the end of the day, any unsold sandwiches. There are businesses, for instance, um, a beauty salon that I, I, I used to know. They had an arrangement at one pret. They would pick up the used sandwiches and then they would serve them to their clients in the evening. And then there are there are were food uh, kitchens mm. that would collect from another branch and then and then they would serve them in their own kitchen. And this particular business pret that was one of their signatures was no waste because that food's getting eaten. And they were doing a community service, so anybody can do that. It doesn't have to be. It's not rocket science. Right. You can solve three problems at once. And this was in Hong Kong. That is some. Place I, I've always wanted to go. It just looks so beautiful, and it's oh. a lot of fun. It's a very dynamic city. There's, and you, you think it's a concrete jungle, jungle because that's all you ever see in the tourist magazines. But mm-hmm. um, 25% is built, 75% is green mountains, reservoirs, streams, inlets. You know, we don't have lakes. It's not that kind of geography, but you have coves, right? All around the whole perimeter of the territory. Everybody can get out on hikes and you never hear a car. It's a fascinating place. And you said... And you said all of most or all of your food is imported? Most, yeah. We have in the new territories where it is, there's still farmland. Okay. Uh, we do have some things farmed, but the majority of the green land is, uh, it's protected by the government, it's country parks. Okay. You know, it's, it helps the environment that keeps it that green. And they do maintain it. They do a very good job of controlling things. Yeah. So, and people, people are very active in Hong Kong because they have the resource to do that. They can get out there and it's a t- temperate climate. So it's, uh, we don't have any severe winters. None. Yeah. And we're not recommending, you know, chopping down the trees in the protected parks to to put farmland exactly. up so it's every little bit <laughs> yes. every little bit that you can do if you have to have it imported to say it's a balance yes well we even though we know a lot is imported we try our very hardest to try to eat the fresh things that come in you know some right. things you know don't preserve well even we can get fresh some fresh vegetable but still too much import way too much import so your platform getting the farm food to the restaurants you said is um, located in dubai yeah so our you know the logistics platform um it's actually created in india and mm-hmm. it's it's a cloud-based platform we have a lot of collaboration with uh, you know people like microsoft as well to oh, wow. help manage help manage the cloud but it is the business itself that is runs on the platform is in dubai yeah and it okay. it is for the sharjah uh, dubai abu dhabi the emirates area well, i asked that because i was wondering if because dubai seems like a progressive forward thinking in regards to technologies yeah. and future if that was why yeah like they were There's more receptive or more progressive about it oh really well yeah coincidentally they had already had uh, an intention and they were formulating a policy around what they call food security. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine for a desert uh, country that's mostly desert, food security is a huge issue. So what happens if there's no planes to fly the food in? They will starve. Mm-hmm. So they they started this years ago. There's some, there's upwards of thirty thousand or more farms in in uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. 
That's a lot of farms. Yeah. So it's a lot of reclaimed land, of course. There's a certain amount of hydroponics, hydroponics that are run by, you know, smaller businesses. And then there's a couple of sheikhs who have built themselves big hydroponic uh, solutions. There is, uh, there's protected farming outdoors, where they put nets across things. You have to protect a lot of things from the sun. So there are other ways to to do the agriculture. There's now, mm-hmm. there's fish farms in the south and in um, Oman, which is next door. So they've, they're really focused on food security. But the element they found missing is awareness of the population. People aren't aware. They, the farms were not selling enough locally. So we've stepped in and we are one of the solutions. But now people are more aware that they can get everything they want somewhere nearby within 50 miles the restaurants are delighted i mean we have testimonials from chefs of very really upscale and you know medium-sized restaurants that uh, love what we're doing some of the hotel chains and the and catering businesses it makes it much easier for them to plan certain kinds of food if they're not depending on imported things right Mm -hmm. it's also cheaper to get it locally than to buy it imported right absolutely it makes no sense that such a big place as can do it and smaller places can't because you don't have to not every business has to invest invest in their own technology you're really just ordering off of a platform so the restaurant let's say they they have 50 tables they order the food that they need to produce for how many meals the next day maybe it's 200 meals chefs know what the quantities are they put the order in the next the next day it's cut it's delivered enough and they're not worried because it was on the platform so it is available they don't have to wait to see what the supermarket or the market has to then make a menu mm-hmm. right they can design their menu around what they see on the platform it solves so many problems it's genius. And again, it's about having the information you need, isn't it? Let's raise awareness. Let's talk about this. Yeah, I agree. We started talking about the environment. We're talking about food. I like this. <laughs> I like, I could go for days about this stuff. It does solve an environmental problem. It yeah. does. And yeah. the fact Dubai and all of that, it's a desert and they're growing food. So what's wrong with people that they can't plant a little something in their backyard? Come on, it can be done. And I think hydroponics, I not to say that they're the the garden or the farming of the future but oh, it's just one aspect yeah but it's it is revolutionary it's you don't need acres of soil like you said a high rise or you know because they can be they can be grown in stacks right they can go you can go yes. vertical yes i visited one in dubai uh, a year ago um, before this whole pandemic started i went over to see how the business was running my partner took me to a hydroponic indoor farm and it was a building right on the main highway it was a it looked like an industrial warehouse that's what it looked like and they they had been in business maybe a year and a half or so and they had only built up i think one 20% of the warehouse mm-hmm. and it was 10 stacks high and it was Maybe I think they they had letters on the rows. Maybe they had something like thirty something rows, and the rows were the length of my arms and all the way down tens of meters. And it, they said it was seven thousand square meters of growing space. And they were preparing the rest of the warehouse, which would have been another thirty five thousand square meters of space. And this was this part that we saw was just greens. Oh gosh, it was this was so educational. I'm going to I'm going to have to uh research more into this because this is this is serious business. No pun intended, but this is people can do this. This is can be done on a small scale. This can be done on a grand scale. All right. It was good talking to you. I thank you. Oh, thank you Jen. Thank you Jen.
Thank you. Take care. Bye. You Have too. Your-